Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider, and you can listen to this complete program, plus recent episodes covering amazing topics like the discovery of an ancient lost city in Honduras, secret societies that may control the world, and an update on the legendary Star Child Skull. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to start listening. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Okay, welcome back. Fright Night on Coast to Coast. Joshua P. Warren with us with his many experiments. Have you ever, has anything ever gone wrong like our old friend Morgus would do whatever he would do, Josh, something would happen with your experiments? Well, you know, since we're talking about tulpas tonight, I guess I should say that we actually created a tulpa one time that was very scary and it went a bit beyond what was required and i honestly i i'm always hesitant to talk about this because i think that whoever owns that house um (laughs) oh boy oh boy uh has no idea why that this thing is running around that house um but I, i may as well come fully clean here um and, and tell you exactly what we did. Um, you know, this, this idea of, of creating uh, tulpas or enhancing paranormal activity, uh, it's a double-edged sword. Because you have people like myself who, you know, I want to experience the paranormal. That is what I am interested in. This is what I do for a living and the easier it is for me to, to see and experience the paranormal, then the more interesting and exciting my life and work is. On the other hand, um, sometimes I feel like the guys in Jurassic Park. Uh, just because we can create a dinosaur, does that mean it's a good idea and we should do it, right? That's right. Uh, and and good so. Point. You know, um, right now, one of the things that I I like about the types of tulpas that I'm experimenting with using this new method, parasymatics, is that this is a very organic thing. But going back to what we did for Warner Brothers, um, I want to tell you sort of the inside story about that and, and how frightening that that situation actually became. Did it backfire? Well, some would say yes. Um, you see, when, when Warner Brothers contacted me, they had a, a finished script for this movie about these college kids who get together and they, they use some type of an experiment to create a, a tulpa. And the tulpa, of course, ends up being a dark, evil thing that starts attacking them all. And so after they, they had the script, they contacted me and they said, look, we're storytellers. We're not uh, paranormal researchers or experimenters. We have really no idea how to make this look realistic, like what you would use to make this plausible, but you seem like the guy who would know. And I said, yes. At that time, my laboratory was located in uh, a different building. It was actually in the basement of a house. Now my laboratory is at my museum, and my museum is in the basement of the Asheville Masonic Temple in Asheville, North Carolina, which is a big, glorious four-story building, and there are all kinds of wonderful events there. And as a matter of fact, if anybody listening ever wants to do a really nice event in Asheville, 
contact me, and uh, I'll try to get you hooked up with the Asheville Masonic Temple. But that said, my museum, uh, or excuse me, my laboratory used to be in the basement of a, of a house, and that house was owned by my good friend Forrest Connor, and he does not mind me using his name. And uh, and so Forrest, um, he lived upstairs, and we had the basement there just jam-packed with all kinds of bizarro, crazy stuff. And so I basically got very serious. I got my A-team together, and I said, look, we're going to try to work out an experiment where we take a particular subject. It ended up being uh, Shelley Wright, Investigator Shelley Wright, another great friend whom I've had many adventures with. Uh, we're going to hook her head up to a brainwave machine, like an EEG-type machine, and we're going to have her focus on a little doll. Uh, it ended up being a tiki doll that Forrest had been given as a gift from somebody who traveled to Hawaii. And we are going to take her brainwaves and we're going to magnify them to the equivalent of about, I think, a hundred or more thousand people, at least a hundred thousand people, all focusing on this object uh, and broadcast it through a Tesla coil type arrangement for miles around. And then we're going to monitor the room while we're doing this through third generation night vision and all kinds of optical systems like Schlieren systems, etc., to see if we can actually make this thing appear because they wanted to include this on the Blu-ray extras for the movie. So we had this crew that came in from Los Angeles, um, professional Warner Brothers guys who've done the, the extras for... A, a million times, I bet. A million times, yeah, for big, big movies like X-Men and Matrix and like you name it. So they're all set up. I crank up this entire system. Um, my friend Mobius is a mad genius who arranged all this brainwave stuff so that it seamlessly went right into this huge elaborate array of capacitors. And it's, so we're broadcasting these brainwaves all around. The room literally starts to glow blue because everything's becoming ionized. Light bulbs start exploding. I mean, it, 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 you can feel this tension in the air that becomes so thick you almost feel like your heart's going to explode and then all of a sudden something had to give and it was like boom we fried the whole circuit after we'd run this thing maybe 10 minutes so everything shuts down we blow all 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 the things you can blow were were you know they were gone and we look around and there's no there's no ghost there's no apparition so they filmed this whole thing and it was concluded with like oh well it was a good try guess it doesn't work, you know, huh. everybody packed up and went home. So then um, I think it was maybe, maybe a couple days later, two or three days later, I'll have to go back and look at my notes. I went over to the laboratory by myself. Um, I thought Forrest was at work. And so here I am downstairs in the lab and I'd gone over there to start setting up a new experiment. And I hear these footsteps, these heavy footsteps coming down into the basement. And so uh, I assume that it's Forrest. So I paused and I said, Forrest? And I, and I looked over and I see this big 
dark, because see, the forest is a tall, big man. I see this big, tall, dark, shadowy form that's standing right there, uh, right at the point where you can start to see somebody emerge as they're coming down the steps. And, but it just stops there. And I said, Forrest? Now, Forrest, in times past, I must admit, has been a bit of a prankster. So I always assume when he does something weird or, you know, he's about to do a prank or something. So I'm like, I can see you, you know, and I'm just blowing this off. And then it disappears. And I was like, what the heck is he doing? And I went over and I walked upstairs and I confirmed that Forrest was not in the house. Now, look, it's one thing for me to tell you this story, George, but I literally got a chill I've got it right now running down my spine because when I realized that I heard those distinct footsteps and then I looked over and I saw that big masculine form there that was so tangible, I know without a doubt what I saw was the manifestation of what we created. Well, guess what? From there, it just got worse for Out of control worse. Well, yeah, we didn't have any control over it. I mean, the next stuff that happened, and there are numerous witnesses to this. uh, uh, Shelley witnessed it. Forrest witnessed it. We would have uh, occasions where we'd be in one part of the lab, and all of a sudden we'd hear just this god-awful commotion come from the kitchen area, and we'd go in there, and all the cabinet doors would be open, um, and things were on the floor that had been knocked off shelves. But I think that things came to a head when Forrest got a new girlfriend. And she was aware that, you know, obviously that, that we were into all this paranormal experimentation stuff. But she didn't know exactly what we were up to. So one, one day, um, Forrest hears her scream, all right? And, he, and she comes running out of the kitchen area, it's just hysterical. And this is and, not a joke, right? No, 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 this is not a joke. As, as a matter of fact, um, one of the reasons I'm comfortable telling this story on your show is that I actually had her come on to the show, Speaking of Strange, that I hosted for 13 years. I now produce it, but I've hosted, you've, you've been on Speaking of Strange yes, a number of times. that's right. I had her come on the show and tell this in her own words right there in the studio. She said she was standing in the kitchen, and she turned to her left, and standing there in the kitchen with her is this figure that is well over six feet tall. It has a big, black, masculine form, and she said this thing was absolutely coal black, and she said that the thing that freaked her out the most was that it was shaking its head from left to right so quickly that its head almost looked like a blur. It was like something out of a horror movie. And she just flipped out instantly and and ran as fast as she could out of the kitchen. And at that point, she said, look, I don't want to live here anymore. And you know what? Uh, because at that point, she was starting to move in with him. They they ended up getting married. Uh, but they, <laughs> they moved out of that house. 
and and so somebody owns that house now, and uh, I hope that person is not a coast to coast AM listener. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, because that house, when we actually finally, when he decided to sell that place, and it was good timing because I, I at that time I'd gotten a new, even better place to move my laboratory to. Uh, little by little, we've grown over the years. Um, when we when we packed up everything to move out, that thing was still lurking around that house and scaring the you-know-what out of people on a regular basis. Now, it never physically hurt anybody, but I never slept over there. And there were times when Forrest would wake up and he would see this thing. And so... Basically, um, you know, that is a very frightening situation. And what you have to wonder, George, is when you create these tulpas and they seem to take on some kind of an external, objective, independent existence, we have to ask ourselves, are we literally taking a piece of our own life and surrendering it to this thing and an almost kind of alternative birthing process, or are we simply creating a mold and some other being steps into that mold that we have created? And that that means it could be something good, or it could be something demonic, or whatever, and, and we really don't know the answer to that great question. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.